so we found Jimmy T, and now we can't find a track black. <laughs> It is Saturday, November 13th, 2021, at least where I am, at least when we started this show, and we are live inside of the 203 Studios for your AEW Full Gear Review, coming to us from the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. My name is Dr. Jargo, P-H-D, and we are the four pillows of podcasting, welcoming into the show first from the Garden of Doom, the Hammerlock Hangover, both of which you will find over at atmarkmedia.com, Mr. Jeff Lipman. Jeff, welcome to the show. What is up, universe? What do you call it? What do you call it? The Hamman universe or something? <laughs> something that's something gonna be hard. Like that. Rolls right off the lips. Yes, I'm very happy to be one of those four pillows. Mike Lindell sponsors <laughs> me. Happy to be here. Just excited to talk about full gear. Um, you know, with these fine gentlemen. I've worked with two out of three of them. And special teaser. I've been holding Mr. Jargo's nickname hostage until he put me on show. There will be a big reveal at some point tonight of my choosing. Probably a bigger reveal than Jay Lethal. Up second, <laughs> we've got from the GAG from the PWC. He's my tag team partner. He's my man, Jimmy T. Welcome back to your show. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm all set and ready for full gear, but more importantly, like Jeff said, I'm ready for some pillow talk. No BS, hey. although he saw an <laughs> awful lot of it tonight live inside of the Target Center. He is coming to us from the PWC and Rampage Uncaged right here at the Hameen Media Group channel, Attitude.com. Mr. Chris Ams, welcome back to your show. Thanks a lot, Jargo. Yeah, it's me. It's Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with Noel or bullshit first thing in the morning. Um, all this pillow talk talk is a bunch of bullshit uh, in the morning. Well, I guess it is the morning. Jesus Christ, it's 12.03. Perfect. Um, yeah, looking forward to talking to you guys about the show. And uh, yeah, it was my first live event. So, um, you know, kind of special. Looking forward to getting your in-person perspective. I think we did get a couple of things throughout the broadcast coming to us through the TV that necessarily we didn't pick up that was happening in the audience. Guys, I want to start with the main event. Hangman Page defeats Kenny Omega to become the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. That is the headline. Um, 
Chris, how did this match feel inside of the live arena? Because we were talking before we started recording. I think this show would be viewed very, very differently had the matches been rearranged, had the card been laid out differently. To us live watching on bleacherreport.com, which stinks, I hate it. Um, it felt like that crowd really got gassed out after like the third match. And even by the main event, it was like people were trying to get into it but the heart just wasn't in it after that long, exhausting show. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a couple of matches that were just hard to see from in the arena. Like, as soon as somebody stands up in front of you, you can sort of barely see what's going on, just the way that it's, uh, just the way that everything is is laid out in there. And so any match that had a lot of, like, outside of the ring type of stuff happening, it was really hard for the crowd to get into. Um, and there was probably two or three matches there in a row right in the middle of the show where there was a bunch of stuff happening on the outside. So it was hard for the crowd to really get into it. Um, they were loud from my perspective uh, for Hangman, but I feel like people there were it was almost it was it actually reminded me of old school wrestling because the people there, rather than just wanting to watch a cool match and react and be loud, People were literally sort of just there like buzzing, like, please let Hangman win. Please let Hangman win. People were actually invested in who was going to win and lose. And so it might not be what we're used to as wrestling fans in terms of the, the crowd reaction for that match. But trust me, when he won, like, there was a huge outpouring of just like, oh, thank God he won. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, as we sit here to record this evening, Bronson Reed has just debuted for Impact Wrestling, and in the most <clears throat> Impact Wrestling thing ever, he will be challenging Moose for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Bronson Breed? They, they, thank you, Impact Wrestling. I mean... Yeah. $12 an hour, and we sponsor your work visa. How about that? How about that? So, Jeff, what did you think of the main event? Are you happy that Hangman Page is your new AEW World Heavyweight Champion? Anybody who has heard me or seen my tweets knows that I knew this was going to happen. If it didn't happen, just take the guy out and shoot him with his, with his horse because he's done. However, this is a mistake. Like Big E being the, the WWE Champion is a mistake. Not the guy. The chase is over. Now what? And the first thing they had to do was cut ties with the Dark Order. And the second thing they did was make sure he had a group hug with the Dark Order. The first thing they did was sort of cool, which teased maybe the Bucks weren't aside. Maybe the Bucks were not exactly of a single mind. That's interesting. Or it could be interesting. Then the Dark Order comes out and... He's right there fighting with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins again, you know, in a lackluster role. I'm sorry. I'm getting my unworthy champions confused again. But listen, the match itself was fine. It was good. Um, it was a long show. There was nothing unusual about this match. It was good. It was the, it was the reaction and the result everybody wanted and that they had to make. They booked themselves into that corner. Story complete. Great. What's next? We'll say. Jimmy T, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, obviously, we're going to get Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page. And we are getting comments in the chat now. If you're joining us over in the Facebook media discussion group, uh, Brian versus Page should be a great match. I hope that you're right. 
because I was of the opinion that Kenny Omega should win tonight. And I was of that opinion because I don't feel like you put the championship on your fourth or fifth most interesting babyface at this point. That's not Hangman Page's fault. That's just kind of the reality of the AEW roster with all of the additions that have come in. I thought there were better matchups for Kenny than Hangman going forward. Um, where were you coming into tonight? And are you happy that Hangman Page is the new AEW World Heavyweight Champion? You know what, man? I should be happy for him. For whatever reason, I'm a little bit disappointed, man. Going into the match, I knew deep down Hangman was going to win. And like Jeff said just before, they pretty much booked themselves into a corner. They had to have him go over. But in saying that, I felt Kenny should have won, man. I, I just... I don't agree with Hangman being champ right now. You know what I mean? So in saying that, like I was saying off the air, I'm hoping for a Kane run where he drops the belt, hopefully by Wednesday. I know it won't happen, but who knows? Maybe it will. Chris, when you think of the the crowd reactions tonight, when guys were coming out, where does Hangman Page fit on that list? Was he the most over guy for that Minneapolis crowd tonight? Uh, I think he was. Um, in fact, I was telling you guys before we started that even in the like, even in the concourse as we were waiting to get in the building, the crowd waiting to get in the building was already chanting cowboy shit for like a solid three, four minutes. Like as we were waiting in line, it was kind of surreal for me. Like I'm, I'm used to hockey crowds, so I'm used to chants, but not quite as sustained and not quite as loud in the fucking concourse. That was a little weird, but um, yeah, he definitely got, I, I thought the biggest pop of the night um, close second being Judas and uh, probably the third being CM Punk. What about Adam Cole? It seemed to me from watching on Comcast infinity pay-per-view, uh, which worked perfectly. Um, sounds to me like the Adam Cole, the, the whole boom and the Adam Cole baby was I'm powerless. <clears throat> yeah, no, listen, like I, I've I've said this to Jimmy before too on our show. Um, people really want to yell baby and boom. And um that's it. Uh the rest of the match, people basically sit on their hands for Adam Cole. And I mean this has been pretty consistent since he's got there. Uh he doesn't get any heat. Nobody cares if he wins or loses a match. It's just they really want to yell boom and then baby and that's it that's the whole that's his whole gimmick right now he's got nothing going on he's got no story no like he's got nothing interesting happening and that's basically what happened tonight too he got you know everybody cheered baby and everybody cheered boom and then nobody fucking reacted to anything he did in the ring because it's not interesting we have a comment from inside of uh, the stream yard. It doesn't show the username. It just says Facebook user. So I'm sorry if I'm not identifying you. I think we get Cole versus page first. Um, no, Danielson is now the number one contender. He won that right tonight, defeating Miro. So that will be the first challenger. It'll be interesting to see if we start to see Brian's heel personality kind of come out. Jimmy, we've talked about it on the blow off that Danielson's already wrestling like a heel. It's just, everybody still really, really likes the guy. Yeah. Well, he's, he's dickhead Dan. Like we'll saying, I mean, it must be the <laughs> name. It must be the name because we got another dickhead Dan from Melbourne. But we won't go there. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
seriously, he's he's a look. Is he not a douchebag? Is he not acting like an arrogant douchebag? Absolutely. So I mean, we're not we're not gonna have two bad dickhead Dan. <laughs> that is definitely dickhead Dan with chlamydia. <laughs> but anyway, they were uh, here for the the koala conversation. <laughs> That really threw me off. Thank you, Jeff. That was a good one. But it's just, um, small, it's just a small world. That's all. <laughs> it definitely is. But man, look, we're gonna have to have a baby face and a heel. Surely, Brian Danielson will be the heel. But everyone's gonna be cheering him, no doubt about it. So it is what Brian it is. Brian Danielson will not be the heel and stop calling me Shirley. Sorry. All right, fine, fine, Jeff. But anyway, back to to the matter at hand. I just I want Daniel Bryan to go full blown heel, man. I want okay, Jim arrogant Ross. about it. Hey, I'm being honest, man. Call me JR, but hey, I called you JR because you called him Daniel Bryan. Whoops. Well, hey, if you how, how many times fans, did Jim Ross do that tonight? You know what? See, I didn't even notice because I'm just used to it, right? But the fans even cheer the, when they chant his name. I mean, they're saying Daniel Bryan still. So I mean, it, it, yeah. I gotta tell you, as somebody who was there live, it was like you you noticed there was a number of times during that match where people would get a chant going of Daniel Bryan, and then there would be eighteen or twenty people scattered throughout the arena who would interrupt and be like, "That's not his fucking name, you assholes!" Oh, it's like, it was it was actually kind of funny for me because I'm like, I mean, what do you fucking want? Like he was known as this for like for the last ten years. You know, he he went from being a pretty well-known underground wrestler. Let's be honest. That's what Ring of Honor is to being one of the biggest stars in the world as Daniel Bryan, you know, and right now it's like, yeah, what do you chant? Like Brian Danielson is like really hard to get a fucking chant going. That's true. He's right. So it's the only way you can go by chanting Daniel Bryan. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of lay out heel contenders for Hangman Page, because I feel like a lot of the heel contenders for Hangman Page are just as over as Hangman Page. Does that, that make a, sense? Is that a Where, good like, thing the, or a bad thing, Jagger? <laughs> if you put Adam Cole in a ring with Hangman Page, I'm not sure that that crowd is cheering for Hangman Page throughout that match. Yeah, Adam Cole oh, has well, a whole yeah. different story arc. I mean, we're going to get a whole bunch of people who are less worthy than Adam Cole fighting Page before we get to Adam Cole, whether it's a, a rematch, whether it's something random like Anthony Bowens or, or Bruce Caster, or I mean, there'll be there'll be <laughs> Ricky Starks. It, it doesn't matter. Will Hobbs. I mean, they'll they'll make things up. He's twenty three and one in his last twelve days on dark, dark elevation and dark, really elevation, dark stratospheric and dark intergalactic planetary, and you know, and then, then we'll have so Cole Cole's going to have his whole thing within the elite, so it won't be the first, and definitely it'll be um, Brian for, before it's Cole, but th- there'll be a whole bunch of randos between now and then as well. I'm I'm kind of eyeballing Cole as the opponent for Hangman Page come Revolution because I think the Danielson thing gets done well before that. Uh, yeah, MJF, don't forget MJF. He just won his big match against Darby. Yeah, let's let's go back to the beginning With the of the takeover. <laughs> Let's let, let's go back to the beginning of the card. Let's start off with MJF versus Darby Allen. I thought it was interesting that they had MJF come out first. 
Um, typically that's a spot reserved for whatever baby face you want to get that opening show pop. And instead they send out MJF. I thought that was, uh, kind of the beginning of the interesting decisions for the night. MJF defeats Darby in 22 minutes and six seconds. Um, I think this match would have been better if it would have went about 17 minutes. I think they could have cut out about five minutes worth of bullshit inside of this match. Um, Jeb, I know you were not necessarily as high on this match as I was. I enjoyed the hell out of this match, especially because it was all built around that headlock story. And I enjoyed the hell out of that. This match, is, people are calling it the match of the night. And I, I, I just don't understand any part of it. This, the, this match is everything that I don't like about AEW. Two little guys, they come in and they're doing like a slow technical match. They should be flying all over the goddamn place. And the, the, the chain wrestling, like when they were doing like, they were like holding their arms down and that was a pinning predicament. And like one of them picked up the other one's arm together. I mean, it was just so obvious. It was so bad. I was with my stepson. And he's like, this is terrible. These are not right. These are not wrestlers. I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And then it, I, Unlike you, I don't think they should have cut about four or five minutes off. I think they should have cut about 15 to 17 minutes off and <laughs> could have told the same story with the cheat. Um, this, I, I just don't like this kind of match. I mean, this should have been fast, running all over the place. Then maybe MJF tries to slow it down, and then Darby gets it. Listen, I, I was pleased with the end because I thought that this was going to be the Wardlow turn on MJF thing, and I, and I wasn't sure if that feeling was bolstered or – hindered by the fact that MJF came out alone. I was a little bit confused by that. Um, and Darby came out, came out with Sting, and I'm pretty sure that in the past they announced that he was coming out without Sting. Um, but I guess Sting wanted to be paid or something. Um, I don't know. I, I know people love the match. I know people think it's a, it was a Matt Classic. I thought it was boring, and I thought it was exactly the wrong match for these two guys. But I'm pleased with the outcome. I like the cheating. I like the heel work. So I like the way – I mean, I like that he hit him with the, the ring, slipped it in there, and I, and I, and I actually like the headlock little toss. And even the referee is like, how'd that, how'd that work? But okay. And it ended. So I didn't mind the end. I just It's just not my kind of – it's just my, my cup of tea. This is one of those, this should be a different kind of match to me. Um, and the way that this story was built was basically MJF trying to get into Darby's head and saying that he's going to beat him with the headlock takeover. So he basically convinced Darby to have a wrestling match with a cheating professional wrestler who's probably a better mat technician than him. And I feel like a lot of that story got lost. I felt like a lot of that could have been told inside of the commentary that in MJF's like trying to screw with Darby, he got into Darby's head in a completely different sort of way. And that's where Darby fucked up. Jimmy, what do you think? Well, I just want to say it's easy. You know, Miss Stinglock, me and Chris call him. <laughs> He's an incel. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that, that just says it. I mean, he said it himself. I am all that. He said it on Dynamite, right, Chris? I mean. I am everything you called me, MJF. So, really? Because he just called you a that. fucking incel. What the fuck what is the matter with you? film entrance? What was that? What was that supposed to tell me? Yeah, I know. It went too long, actually. I felt that yeah. little vignette at the start. It, it dragged on for way too long. 
big deal. Was it Mick Foley coming out? That's the impression I got. Well, I love MJF sitting there bored, like looking at his wrist. Like, can we speed this the hell along? I thought that was going to be someone that he was going to introduce instead of Sting. Instead, they they blew him up in the, in the opening scene in the car. I mean, it was just. I mean, I know he's an art student and a film student, and I just said, "Hey, I made this. Can I show this, boss?" And he's like, "Sure, sure, sure. We have four hours." But I'm I'm sorry. I just I just I that that missed that. I thought I was missing part of the story, and no one's addressing it yet. And it just seems like it, it wasn't part of the story. Well, yeah, well, it really wasn't. But in saying all that, I did feel like they had a great technical match. But there's a reason why this match was the way it was. Because let's be real, guys. As good as MJF really is, he's not that type of wrestler, man. He's not even that great in the ring, in my opinion. You know I, I mean? felt really? like he absolutely held his own athletically in there with Darby tonight. He did, but it had to be his type of match compared to a Darby type of match. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I mean, how many people are going in there and having Darby matches? I mean, like, you know, you got Hiromu Takahashi. You've got um, um, Ray Phoenix, maybe. Um, oh, that could wrestle Phoenix. that style. Um, and that's few. like pretty much the end of the freaking list, right? Leo, Jungle Boy, Guevara, uh, even Kenny, Martin, Dragon Lee. But I mean, like, <laughs> go on. I mean, I mean, but I feel that's like if you have two guys in there doing what Darby does, it's just a freaking car wreck. What? Well, <laughs> you got to yeah, have somebody in there to slow the damn yeah. match down because otherwise it's just a car wreck. Well, that's Sting well, and Wardlow's job. Yeah. There's a point there. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't see Darby in these type of matches. Never. You know what I mean? We've never seen it. This is the first, as far as I know. But this might be my favorite Darby match. That's probably why. Well, it was a good match. But it went what, 22 minutes too long. It could have been condensed, like Jeff said earlier. But I'm, I'm telling you, this is not the end of this feud. I think we're going to go on to oh, another this is going to go for, for decades if they both stay with AEW. <laughs> I mean, as young as those two guys are, I oh, feel like definitely. the whole four pillars thing, unless you're JR and it's the four pillows, that yeah, <laughs> I feel like they're really trying to establish that as canon inside of AEW. Oh, definitely. They're the future, man, 100%. But I still do think this feud right now is not ending. I think we're going to get a, a, a blow-off at the next pay-per-view. I, I feel like this should be the next year of MJF. Like he should go through the other two pillars and just like take everybody out. And that's his quest to the championship. Right. I think he's, he's already beat them. He, he was the last pillar that, that he hadn't beaten. Actually, the, the thing they mentioned is that he left out another young man, the big man, Wardlow. So another reason I thought that the schism was going to start. But no, I, I think MJF is going to be in the title picture. I think this thing with Darby, Sammy, and Jungle Boy is what they're going to come back to when they're out of other directions. It's like four, you know, four easy feuds that they can do for them. The only person who's going to stop, none of them are ever leaving AEW. The only person who's going to stop AEW at this point is Pervez Khan when he actually looks in there and goes, where's the money? Hmm. I agree. Facebook user. MJF should be the person to take the title from Sammy Guevara. I, I I absolutely agree with that. Chris, what was it like inside of the building for MJF and Darby Allen? Because the crowd, like I thought, holy crap, if they can keep this up for four hours, this is going to be insane. And they could only keep it up for about an hour. 
Yeah, they were super hot for this match. Um, no question. This was uh, people. People came here to see this match. Uh, a lot of people in the audience were, you know, as you would imagine, it's an AEW crowd, so they're smart marks. There's lots of people who were there to see MJF. Um, yeah, actually, before I go on with that though, you mentioned Anthony Bowens, and uh, funny, I actually watched him uh, arrive at the arena. He came in through the main entrance. There was already about a hundred people waiting to to get in, and he had to basically knock on the door and wait. So I thought it was kind of funny that mm. the acclaimed arrived late tonight. Um, <clears throat> Fantastic. But uh, yeah, the match was great. I thought that it went too long too. Um, when they announced in the arena, I'm not sure if you could hear it. When they announced in the arena that it had been 15 minutes already, that was exactly my thought was like, why is this going longer than 15 minutes? It doesn't need to do that. And yes, they tried to have a technical match, but just doing technical moves in a way that doesn't make a lot of logical sense is not a good technical match. Um, this was better than the car crash garbage that Darby usually does. Um, or the, you know, the big guy beats the absolute shit out of me for 95% of the match. And then I miraculously get a win um, after kicking out of everything at one. Um, yeah. So in comparison, this was a very technical match. But if you're if you're a real mat technician, you know how to do this so that it makes it look like people are trying to win and not just trying to do cool moves, which is what I kind of got out of it. The thing I thought was fun about this match is it's not very often that you get to see MJF wrestle as a monster heel, but he does against Darby Allen. I mean, he's, he's like so much bigger than Darby and MJF. Everyone is a big guy. You know, you're probably bigger than Darby. It's true. I heard him announce at 175 pounds, and I went, "Yeah, soaking wet." Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like happy 35th birthday to me. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> is it? Oh, is it your birthday for real, Jeff? The 11th, a few days ago. Yeah, a couple days oh, ago. Oh, happy birthday! Happy birthday, dude! Thanks. Let's go, Lucha Brothers versus FTR. This match goes 18 minutes and 36 seconds. I enjoyed it for about 18 minutes and 33 seconds. I absolutely <laughs> hated the finish of this match. I thought the match itself was good as far as like trying to translate Lucha into a North American kind of style with psychology. Um, they got to do something in AEW to get the because either that or just call everything a tornado tag. Because yeah. I mean, tonight, yeah. it, and and I know it's the lucha influence inside of AEW where like there are no tag rules in lucha, but there there is in the United States. And if you're gonna That's have right. you know wrestling in the United States, maybe follow those rules or just call everything a tornado tag because the, tonight was ridiculous. There were more tag rules observed in the Minnesota street fight than there was yes. in the tag team title match. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. And I hated the finish with the whole mask thing. I know they were trying to cover their asses. If and, you're going to do that finish, then you've got to fucking commit to doing the actual finish. Right. Don't half-ass do the fucking finish. You do the finish, the referee realizes, oh shit, I fucked up, we got to restart, and then you restart the fucking match properly. Half-ass doing things like this just aggravates me to no fucking end, and they do this half-pregnant shit with <laughs> lots of fucking stuff on AEW, where they, they, the they show you something that looks like an angle, 
and it's not an angle. They, you know, they just wanted to show it because it looks cool. And you're like, what the fuck teases, is going bro. on? Yeah, they always cock teasing, man. But he's so right. They always make shit look like an angle, but it really isn't. You know what I mean? And that's a big issue in AEW. Jeb, I got to admit, I was surprised when you had made the comment in our group chat that MJF and Darby was like your least favorite match on the show, because I figured it would have been the Lucha Bros versus FTR just because of the lack of organization amongst the chaos. Well, Michael and the Jargonauts, there it is, the big reveal. Not the first time I've heard that one, but I'll take it. Because that makes you guys all the juggernauts. You realize that. I I call Hercules. Um, (laughs) Anyway. um, So anyway. Yeah. This match. Remember I started out saying the first match was everything that I hate about AEW. This match was almost everything I like about AEW. Except for the things that Chris said. But less intensely. Um, I... I got this wrong. Well, I got most of the undercard wrong, which is a good thing, um, because AEW wasn't booking in the in the way. Now, this match I was picking against the grain, but the the rest of it wasn't. So, book they weren't like normally in the past. Like I'll get like ninety eight percent AEW matches correct. This was this was not. I mean, the biggest matches, yeah, sure, um, but. I enjoyed this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I like the. I mean, I, I'll, I can never get tying somebody's mask to the rope enough. I mean, I think that's great. Tully was great. Um, I don't know what Apprehendus is supposed to be doing there. I don't know what Jr. was talking about his black gloves and that shows these evil and stupid stuff like that. But these two teams work well together. I I agree with you on no rules being enforced, especially since they made a, a point of it multiple times to remind us that the AEW titles were on the line, not the AAA titles. Right. So it's not Lucha rules. By the way, when they had Lucha rules in effect in another match, when they took off the mask, there was no disqualification, even though moments earlier they said there should have been. So I, I don't think that it's the Lucha influence within AEW. Yeah. I, I think I think that that is the excuse. I think that the, the refs in AW they don't want any rules. I think you're 100. Just call everything tornado matches, fatal four ways, and and when there's, you know, like Ring of Honor has or had their pure. T- if you want to have real tag team matches, call them pure style and make that special. And everything else is just chaos. Because if the refs aren't going to enforce it, or they don't know how, or they don't know the rules, or they're supposed to be part of the dance. Like uh, what's her face, uh, Audrey Edwards is or whatever her name is, um, then do it. But yeah, I, I like the match. I didn't love the finish, but I'm glad the Lucha Brothers hold on to their title for another day. I have no idea what FTR is supposed to do with the AAA title. I have no idea why why Kenny Omega is still the AAA Mega Champion. But I guess that's all AAA is probably really not mine. I love FTR as the dirty gringos at going down there and trying to reestablish tag team wrestling in Mexico. I freaking love it. I think that's absolutely fantastic. But I think we'd be better if they were the double champions doing that. Tonight reminded me of how goddamn good FTR is. When they are in there with a really, with another good tag team, Son of a bitch, those two guys are really freaking good. It, it brought me back to like, you know, the, the early NXT days when they were going out there and killing it with Ciampa and Gargano. Well, I just want to say, oh, sorry, Chris, but I just no, want to say 
when you said about if it reminds you FTR being how great they are, right? Problem is they they wrestle a very sort of professional wrestling style compared to the Lucha Brothers. I felt they had to go down to their level to pull out a decent match, which they did, and they still did great, no doubt about it. But the Lucha Brothers have no sense of awareness in many ways, man. Like I just they're, think Luch- they're, just- they're the Lucha Brothers. Like every match that they are in is just a crazy, insane Lucha match. But this is about the-, the most slowed down that we've ever seen them because FTR is like, uh-uh, that's not how you do it. You do it like See? this. And they could only get them about halfway right. there to where they really need to be for American halfway team. But, but they wrestled American style and impact. I mean, they can do it. Yep. Yeah, it's true. That, that's true. Sorry, Chris. But most of I those, don't most care. Of those I don't good care. Matches, I just want to interject. Most of those good yeah. matches were with Proud and Powerful. Another really good American tag team that's like well, no, they were slow the fuck down. down. They had the better they had the better name then. Yes. The dead presidents. Definitely. Much. <laughs> I don't care who else they signed from Ring of Honor. I know that uh, we'll get into, you know, that they signed Jay Lethal, um, which was such a huge, incredible earth shattering <laughs> um, signing. Um, I don't care who else they sign. Um, they have to sign the fucking Briscoes, so I can see FTR versus the Briscoes. That match would be fucking wrestling match of the year because those two teams know how to actually have American-style wrestling matches that are fucking incredible. Uh, That's the match I want. That's, please, Tony Khan, please, you don't do anything else for me. Uh, You know, (laughs) I, I don't ask for much. Just please sign the fucking Briscoes and have them have a fucking program with the FTR because it well, would just be so good. If we're doing a little bit of fantasy, and this is, I promise, I, I think this is my hopefully my last interruption for a while, but the Briscoes with the acclaim trying to rap shame the, the Briscoes. Oh, the Briscoes that'd be fucking sick. I mean, that would be <laughs> epic television. That would be great. What? 100. I'd love to Breaking see that. News. Breaking news. The shit's about to hit the fan in San Jose, California. Will Ospreay has just entered a ring in which Kazuchika Okada is standing in. The shit's what? about to hit the fan. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm really? just saying. Yes. Like, I'm watching so Okada, it on another monitor right now. So Okada's in the States right now. Yeah, he just yeah. beat Buddy Matthews. Yeah, he did. That's right. He did. Well, I didn't he know that he won. But, yeah, uh, he just beat Buddy Matthews, and now Osprey is standing in the middle of Okada's ring. So I'm pretty sure the shit's about to hit the fan for night two well, of he, Wrestle Kingdom. He's definitely coming to Dynamite, if not this week, by next week. No, Well, they've been mentioning him on Dynamite week in, week out lately. Yep. I already so, told I mean, you who, who's going to be on Dynamite TV. Maybe he'll be on a Jumbotron. They'll keep saying nah. his name, but you know who's going to show up? Tabagu Ishii. <laughs> if, if 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 Kenny would have won tonight, I expected Kazushka Okada Wednesday on. Dynamite. Oh, that'd or be awesome the guy with Daryl the Cat. I expected <laughs> or Yano. The, who's who's the guy who who plays like I don't know. <laughs> Yano would, would be, but, but, Yana. but the gay Japanese wrestler. I I will fucking kill you. <laughs> that's who the, that's who they will put on the AW. The Toyota. No, he's, oh, no, he's retired, Yano. Chris. We've oh, been sorry. over this. Honda, then it's Honda. <laughs> Mitsubishi. He's retired too. Chris, yes. did this did, Sushi did, Takagi? No, no, no. That's I'm Shingo, getting close with, with one of these fucking names, aren't I? Masahiro Chono. Chris, hey, hey, he's a masturbator Chomo. Yeah. 
Chris, I felt like this is the match that really gassed the crowd out. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what? I, the, the crowd was into this. There was a lot of cheering for, for both sides. Um, I was happy with the row that I was in. Everybody there was cheering for FTR, um, which I was as well. Um, yeah, I, I think that there was a lot of confusion at the end of this match because I think that most people noticed, okay, like there was something screwy with this finish. Why are we not going forward with the fact that we had a screwy finish? Like wh- why the referee's just like, the referee's just like, no, it's, it's not my fault. You, you know, you guys ha- did the mask thing. And it's like, well, the other guys have masks on too, you fuck. What are you talking about? I think a lot of the crowd was kind of like, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I didn't like it. Yep. Yep. I felt like that finish really kind of killed the crowd. They did get them back with your next matchup, Brian Danielson versus Miro. I expected this was going to be the match of the night. I was not disappointed. I thought this match was absolutely fantastic. But I felt like the finish went over like a fart in church, Chris, because I felt like the fans couldn't see what the hell was happening. Yeah, and I think that like from where I was sitting, because they were in the corner that was basically like right in front of me. So I was like, I got to see exactly what happened. You know, he locked in, you know, what looked like a sort of a DDT, you know, uh, and then hit him with a DDT from the top, essentially, and then held it you know, for a, you know, front face lock or a, you know, guillotine, guillotine choke. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I just think that nobody was expecting it. And I think that that's one of the things that they're risking um, with what they've done lately with, uh, with Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, Jesus Christ um, with goat face. Um, <laughs> Mr. Bree. Just call Mr. Bree. Mr. Bree, Mr. Bella, uh, basically what they've done here with Mr. Bella um, <laughs> that I've actually really kind of liked is that they're having him get these wins with multiple different moves, right? A few weeks ago, it was a heel hook. He, he's one with uh, guillotine. He's one with, you know, an ankle lock. He's one with the label lock. He's one with a few different submissions. Cattle so mutilation. cattle mutilation. It's It's fun, but you get moments like this in matches where the crowd doesn't know it's the finish and then all of a sudden it's the finish and the crowd reacts but they're not they can't react the same way like you know when hangman hits the buckshot lariat in the main event everybody knew yep. like everybody they got on their feet and then everybody at once goes one two three because that's you knew right and that's right. the problem with having a you know having a, a wrestler who's got a lot of different finishes and no main finish you get situations like this where the crowd goes oh, oh it's over oh okay cool yeah 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 the other thing i thought didn't connect for me anyway jimmy was at, at the end they tried to cover it by saying oh well danielson knows that miro's weakness is his neck and it was like, really? that was the only thing that he did to his neck the whole freaking match. Like they, the, the whole match was built around him going after his legs. Like I expected some kind of a leg submission, not <laughs> half pregnant. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true, man. And, and it actually took away from the match. I felt as good as the match was, that finish just. It just didn't feel so like much. it should have been yeah. the finish. 
it should have been, and it felt abrupt in many ways too. So, and I'm not sure how I feel. I was saying even you know last week, I felt this matchup wasn't the right matchup because Mira losing what? So now he's lost two in a row. Do you know what I'm saying? I felt like it's that's not the right move, but it shouldn't have been the right. It wasn't the right match either. In well, saying no, because that, he so. had the win over Orange Cassidy, so he oh, didn't yes, have a that's win. That's right. In You're right. You're right. There was a win in between. Still, big deal. Yeah, Orange Cassidy. Everyone beats Orange Cassidy these days. You know what I mean? So I'm happy for Danielson. I'm not sure where you go with Miro now. Do do you put him straight into the world title picture? But he lost. So he can't. What do yeah. you do? Right. He's so where do you go? Now. He's got he's got a, he's got to go on another avenging quest, which I'm sure will be absolute money in the promos because he's going to be very god. angry with his <laughs> yeah. god now, very yeah. angry Miro, and I like angry Miro. <laughs> well, his promos have to cha- change and not in in tenor or what he's saying, but I mean they've made his neck to be like it's made out of like sand, right? So, yeah. Like every time you see him, he needs to have one of those head things like I was in college, like and doing weights. Like working his neck, just working his neck, <laughs> like like taking jabs from like you know like semi famous boxers, you know, just to build his neck. Always doing shrugs, like any everything he should be doing, he should be working on his neck, working on his neck, and doing promos. That's got that is that's his redemption. This is ridiculous already. Well, he's saying happy you know, now, God. Yeah. So I'm gonna jump back into to my little theme. This was almost everything that I love most about AEW, in that they they this is where. The freedom of wrestlers shows because Daniel has been allowed to, sorry, Brian has been allowed to do exactly what he wants to do. And Miro has been allowed to do exactly what he wants to do. Yeah, the first 10 months was abysmal and it was his choice and it was terrible. And then he came up with something new and it was brilliant. And he's tweaked it a little bit and it's still brilliant. My only problems with this match are were no Lana and it wasn't. CJ. Right, CJ, either one, <laughs> CJ and J. Right, um, I, I, I was. Um, <laughs> I don't mind the move being one that's unfamiliar for it to be the end of the match, the guillotine. What I mind yeah. is that once you realize it was applied, Miro was out in about a second and a half. If he was that in it for right. like seven, eight, twelve seconds, and you saw there was a struggle, you'd realize it was it was a submission, and. Of all the matches on the card to rush the end of, you rush the end of this one and the CM Punk Eddie Kingston one, which had an abrupt end. I mean, we we there was let, let's just take let's just take the Jargonauts version of the first match, and instead of cutting it by 18 minutes, you only cut it by four. Surely, stop calling me Shirley. Um, surely they could have given 30 more seconds to the end of this match where you see that it's a struggle and he's and he's choking him out. And wins that way. It was just, it was just way too quick. Past that, almost perfect. I can't believe this match went twenty minutes, and we're advocating that we wanted it to be longer. And then, like, we have MJF and Darby, which went twenty-two minutes, and it's like it would have been way better if they would have shaved off about you know five, six minutes. You know, and I think that goes to the performers and their experience in the ring and the story that they can tell inside of the ring because both Miro and Brian are functioning on all gears right now. But Cody told us, he said, this is a light heavyweight promotion. So it's going to be the light heavyweight to get over and light heavyweight ways. 
Yep, absolutely. Uh, let, let's talk about what was probably my least favorite match of the night. Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus, the Jerclassic Express, taking on the super click of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. Anybody who's been listening to me over the course of the last couple of weeks knows I am not a happy Adam Cole fan with how he has been booked inside of AEW at this point. And the Young Bucks are so overly obnoxious in the best sort of way for me. And I, I just, I, 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 I'm over it. Like I am ready for Adam Cole to get away from all this nonsense because the bucks are doing nonsense and it's working for them, but I, I need Adam Cole away from all of this crap and let alone Christian cage, jungle boy and Luchasaurus get the win here, which was a huge surprise to me. Um, the elite. So not elite tonight. I'm not sure the elite got a win anywhere tonight. Kind of, kind of odd inside of AEW. Jeff, what did you think of this car crash of a matchup falls count anywhere? Well, I, I mean, like you, I thought that the super elite were going to win. I figured the Luchasaurus would eat the pin. Um, I'm not nearly as hard on this match as, as you are, because this is pretty much exactly what I was expecting. I would say that, that for me, there was about one third too many false finishes and also something was fucked up with the with the blood on Adam Cole. It's like one like instantly he's his entire face is a, is just a, a painting. It was just right. a waterfall of blood. He and then bleeds like, like a sink. Some then, guys do, and he just bleeds like a freaking sink. But then he stopped. It was gone. It was all done. I mean, like the very mm -hmm. first AEW card. Dustin was bleeding like that, but he was kept bleeding and kept bleeding. It's it was like it was just weird. It's just like there was so much blood, and all of a sudden there was none. Um, so it, you know that 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 was bothersome for me. But just too many too many false finishes. I I, I this is exactly what I expected. I I'm not a big Adam Cole fan, so it doesn't bother me that he's in nonsense because he's five foot seven, one hundred and sixty two pounds, and I don't want him to be in anything other than nonsense. So wonderful. This match went 22 minutes and 35 seconds, Jimmy T. I mean, if you were looking to make up, like if you wanted to give Miro and Danielson another 10 minutes, you could have taken it away from this match for me. I just, I did not enjoy this whatsoever, but I thought it was all going to be redeemed at the end. I thought that when jungle boy was like, Christian, give me the chair. I want to do it. Give me the chair. I thought we were going to get the Christian heel turn. I thought Christian was going to give him the chair. And I think I would have enjoyed this match so much more if that would have been at the finish. I was thinking the exact same thing at the exact same point, and we didn't get it, man. I'm bitterly disappointed. I still think we will get it, though, Jago. It's just a matter of time. It's just this was the time, though. Like, it right. felt right. It, it did. It felt right. It should have been the time. But, um, you know, AEW, they, they just don't know when to do things at the right time sometimes. You know what I mean? But in saying that, this match... I didn't enjoy it at all. Sure, like Jeff said, it was expected to be this type of match. But I don't know, man. I just didn't like it. It was just... If, how long has this feud been going for, Jugger, roughly? Too long. Too long, right. So about too two long. weeks, right? Say about two, three weeks tops? No, nah, two weeks. It felt like this feud was going for over a year with this type of matchup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why is such hate? Where does the hate come from? You know what I mean? 
I just I, I didn't like the match. I don't like Jungle Boy's mustache. Social media, uh, dude. Social media era. Well, no, no Cody told us. Cody exactly. told us we don't have to pay attention to any of that. All we have to do is watch Dynamite. So that's all we do. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's straight up bullshit. Wasn't on being the almost online. elite after dark? Sorry? Wasn't on being the almost elite after dark on YouTube free? <laughs> yeah. And you gotta watch that shit too if you want to know what's really going on. Because they don't tell you. They really don't tell you unless you're watching that crap. No, I'm not watching that crap. I know, and I, I know Chris ain't watching that crap either. Never. Um, right. Absolutely not. Chris, I this like, match, by the hey, way, sorry. Hang on. Once I, I, before I toss to you, I felt like the problem with this match was there were so many spots and everything was so over the top that the second half of the card didn't stand a freaking chance because you had seen everything by the time yeah. this match was over. And you know what? Yeah. Can't just interject quickly. Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. Didn't it feel like most of the card was the same shit anyway when you really think about it? Especially by the end of this match. That's what I'm saying, right. So, But anyway, continue on, Chris. Sorry, man. Yeah, no. So Young Buck matches, like, I don't like the Young Bucks at all. I don't find them entertaining. And the reason why I don't find them entertaining and I don't like them at all is because their matches have um, this, this tendency to do a thing that I've, you know, sort of talked with Jimmy about before on the show, where everyone is everywhere doing everything, and I fucking hate it. I can't stand these fucking matches where everybody's doing a flip and everybody's doing a dive and they're doing super kick, super kick, super kick, super kick. <laughs> Look, everybody came to see the super kicks. Look at all the super kicks. Ah, that's great, the super kicks. Um, I've seen it before. It's a one-note fucking joke. To me, it, I have the same fucking problem with the Young Bucks that I do with um, Orange Cassidy. Uh, it's the same joke over and over and over again, and I've seen it already. I've already seen this fucking joke. Um, you know, to me, like I'm a real big fan of stand-up comedy, right? And I love some of the classics, right? Like Eddie Murphy Raw, like I fucking love that show, okay? But if you showed me that show every single fucking day for a year, by the end, I'd be like, I don't want to see this anymore. And I don't want to watch the Young Bucks do dives and flips and super kicks and all this other bullshit anymore. I wasn't into it the first time, so I'm really not into it at this point. This match is what killed the crowd. Yep. Up to this point, the crowd was willing to give, they were willing to give, they were willing to give, and this, it was just, like, people, you know, the crowd reacted to some of the bigger spots, but after this, it was just like, alright, I'm tired now. I felt like they were cheering spots simply for the sake of cheering spots because the wrestlers were doing moves simply for the sake of doing moves and didn't leave anything for the rest of the crowd. And then you follow this match with Cody freaking Rhodes. <laughs> so my understanding is this match was originally supposed to be a four-way and instead, they turned it into a tag because of the way reactions have been going. And, you know, the thought was that things were getting a little bit better because the last couple of episodes, like Cody's actually been cheered when he comes out to make the save. Minneapolis was having none of that bullshit tonight. Uh-uh. It was Boo Cody Rhodes out the building night in the Target Center in Minneapolis. Chris, you were there. How consistent was the Cody hate throughout this match? 
it started as soon as his music started and it basically didn't stop. Um, every time he would tag in, it was boo. It was, <laughs> it was loud. It was sustained. He was getting just absolute hate from this crowd from the get go. I mean, to the point where when Pac would tag it, when Pac would tag himself in, everybody was like, yes, it was, They're they were reacting as if bastard. They were, they were reacting as if they just watched Daniel Bryan hit the running knee in the main event of WrestleMania 33. It was just like, yeah, fuck this guy. Um, and I loved it. It was great. The guy beside me was screaming, we love you, Cody. Everyone here loves you. It was really funny. It was great because, no, nobody well, in Minneapolis <laughs> loved Cody. <laughs> Jeff, I guess that's the thing that drives me nuts is I feel like everybody does love Cody. Like everybody loves Dude. Cody, but they hate the character that he portrays inside of AEW. Am I wrong in this? Like they're booing the character. They're not booing the person. Like people love Cody, but the character Cody Rhodes sucks. No, I think you are wrong. I think they really love and appreciate what Cody did. And I think that they respect that he was an essential part of that team to make their dream a reality. But as they've gotten to know Cody <laughs> through his reality show and his game show and obviously his other in uh, interests and his self-indulgence that never, never, never ends. I mean, even point Wednesday when they were doing a rescue, the douchebag has to come in from the third level down up the stairs. And Arn Anderson, who already fell off the apron the, the week earlier, he's got to run down. I mean... I'm sorry, I'm a horrible person, but I really wanted Arn to fall down the steps and take Cody out of the bowling ball and, 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 and just so that they get their justice. I mean, if he has to make the rescue from the stands, what the hell does he need Arn in tow for running down? The man is 66 years old. He doesn't need to be running down arena stuff. Anyway, I think that's what I'll call it. But this whole, this whole story has been confusing, and part of it is because the crowd doesn't like Cody and they love Black no one's really known what to do with with Idolo. Pac is Pac is like mini Big Show. It's like he's a face, <laughs> a heel. He's friends with these guys. He's not friends with them. I can't even remember who was trying to break up the Lucha Brothers. Now I remember he's was there one week. He's gone for two. Yeah. He's there for two weeks. He's gone for three. He he's the least consistent character in professional wrestling. It was for the paydays months ago who was trying to steal uh, Penta from Phoenix, and Penta was had a singles heel run for three weeks which was ended by cody in his first singles match i mean i i just i just none of this made sense to me like i want to love black i i pack is one of the best wrestlers in the world and i have to believe that they let him get the pin because he has to be the one knowing him that's so pissed off that Fuck he yeah. was one of the building blocks he's not called one of the pillars not only that he, he he's seen Christian Cage. He's seen Brian Cage. He's seen Ethan Page. He's seen <laughs> Brian Danielson. He's seen CM Punk. He's seen Miro. There's a dead guy that's still ahead of him on the card. I mean, <laughs> and there's more coming in. Everyone is rumored. Jay Lethal Jacks walks in. Bobby Fish. Tony Nese is the biggest. His stunt double basically just they just found a replacement for Pac that looks like Pac. I mean, it's it, I mean it's gotta be driving crazy, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they're doing with any of these guys. All of them needed the win except for Cody. And, and so I'm glad that Pac scored the pinfall. But it's like, 
Andrade shouldn't be getting loses. Black shouldn't be getting loses unless he wants to, unless he's being brutal. I think everybody was expecting something. Arn, the, the, even if it's not lame, like the Nightmare Factory to turn on Cody or whatever he calls his group now, the the, the side of light versus the side dark. Bray Wyatt to come in and join Aleister Black in some spooky house of black. Nothing. No, nothing happened. It just... It just sort of ended, and Pac got the win on Andrade, and yay! Uh, but I don't know what this was for. I don't know what this solved. I don't know. What was, I don't even really know what the question was. <laughs> I'm I, I'm with you entirely. Entirely, Jimmy Absolutely. T. Of all the matches on this card, this was the match that needed the fucked up finish. Uh, Brody King is currently working for New Japan. He was working tonight whoever the Facebook yeah. user is, why that asked where Brody King was. He, he was working tonight for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, Jimmy T, this was the match that needed a fucked up finish. This was yeah. the one. Well, this match was... And they go ways. clean. <laughs> and, and make no mistake about it, Pac taking that, the, taking, getting the win, was still Cody getting the win anyway in disguise, all right? Oh, That's all that was. That place would have rioted if Cody got the pinfall. <laughs> Chris, am I right? That place no, would have right. freaking rioted. Well, we already you're saw right. what a Minnesota street fight looks like, so the riot <laughs> may have been just like a bunch of people not saying sorry. Everybody's standing there taking <laughs> turns. <laughs> they they would have just bumped into each and not said, pardon me, excuse me. So. Oh, God, <laughs> man, that just sums up shit. Like, like I said, Cody has to get his bullshit win again. Where do we go from now? Do we have squares like we usually say? Is this the triangle... The squares. Where does Puck fit in all this? What's going on with Black and El Idalo Andrade? What's even going on with FTR with this? I know they paid him and shit like that, but still, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, why? Why? Why, why? exactly? Why? Who? Who knows, well, Jeff? And then Wasn't when they the come out, up? when yeah. they come out at the end of the it match, was. I'm thinking There's only one of them. Only one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, good spot. You're right. That's they, couldn't, they couldn't they, use the ball guy. And That's immediately true. my brain goes, well, MJF's going to be pissed about that. You think? Like, th th there's got to be a story there. And then you start getting into heel versus heel stuff. And I don't, you don't want to turn either one of those guys babyface. I mean, that just seems like a terrible... I don't know what the Well, MJF should be pissed at Sean Spears and Wardlow for being beaten up by Sting. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> I right. mean, he still ends up getting the win, so... But still, sheesh. And see yeah, what Jeff said before that was sums it up. I couldn't even put it any more, couldn't put it any better than what Jeff said. What Jeff said was a hundred percent spot on, man. So I just, I just, well, took, I took a long time to say I don't understand what happened and what it advances. And that what that makes four of us, Jeff. I mean, geez. Well, and I was, I was extra surprised too because last week Malachi Black cut a neat little, you know, uh, video uh, before they had their first match or whatever with against El, El Idolo, where he, where he mentioned, you know, that, um, you know, when Caesar was assassinated, it wasn't just Marcus. You know, the, you know, the reference to a two Brute, right? Um, that's a cool thing to reference. It, it's definitely, it had me going, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder who's going to be turning on him. Who that is, you know, super close with Cody, you know, as close as Brutus was with Caesar, who's going to turn on and it. Just, it's nothing. I mean, that's well, really frustrating. He's already done it. I mean, and, who's left? Dustin? The, <laughs> the most frustrating part to me is everybody has Cody. Randy. 
Have like, Brandy turn uh, heel. That'd be awesome. That'd be Every, awesome. Yeah. Everybody hates Cody. Like, that's the problem, right? Like, everybody hates, like, Cody has no friends left to turn on him. Let's be the honest, only Jagger. way you could get him to get, you, you could get him cheered again right now is if Brandy turned on him. That's the it. Only guy that will hang uh, out with Cody is a bastard. And even uh, he's on the record as saying he don't like Cody. I just want to say about about that with Cody, right? How many how many months have you and I been saying this, Chris, on our show? We've been oh, saying, we've been saying it for almost turn. a year. For almost a year, Jimmy, I've been saying like this self-indulgent fucking entrance is garbage. It's annoying. Everything that they do is look at me, look at me, 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 all this other stuff. <laughs> it took a while for the crowd to catch up. Right. But I remember when they first started talking about how they were pregnant and it was like, oh, we're pregnant. Isn't it wonderful <laughs> that we're pregnant? And I just remember thinking, great, you guys have managed to do something that literally 90% of everyone who has ever fucking lived has managed to do. <laughs> wonderful. You're creating life. It's amazing. You fucking moron. <laughs> What does this have to do with a goddamn wrestling fucking program? Fuck. And and they traumatized their dog at the same time. Oh, yes. I felt like everything went wrong at the gender reveal. Like, that's when people were like, I'm done. There is no gender. That that was was the only problem with it. The rest was perfect. Oh, for the There is no gender. Let's talk about the AEW Women's Championship. Since there is no gender, the women's <laughs> championship, Dr. Britt well, Baker. But DMD. technically, there is someone in the women's division that yeah, I we're mean, not talking never, about. The we're not going to go all the way. There. We're not talking about the pre-show. Uh-uh. Nope. Not going to do it. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defends against Tainara Conti. Um, and I, I, man, y'all were hating on me in the chat because I was like, I like Tainara Conti. I've been following her for years, going back to like the first May Young Classic. I was like, damn, that Brazilian girl, if she can ever figure it out, watch the fuck out. And then NXT releases her and uh, she ends up in AEW and she has come a very long way, but she ain't there yet. She is Mm. not pay-per-view. I'm ready for a championship match ready Yet I like Tanera Conti as a as a talent, but she never stood a snowball's chance in hell in this match. And then the match goes for 15 minutes. Um, this was not good, especially after the Cody match, Chris. I there was they needed a match to get the people back into it, and this was not the one. The the entire crowd was sitting on their fucking hands for 15 minutes. It was bad. It like, and it was noticeable up to that point in the card, right? Even the, you know, even the weird shit with the elite and the your classic express, um, (laughs) the crowd was still into the, the tag match, uh, the, the Cody tag match. Um, as soon as this match started, it was just like, you could hear a pin drop for almost the entire 15 minutes it should not have been 15 minutes. Um, it should not have been Ty Conti. She's she's barely TV ready. Um, I remember saying to the guy next to me, he was like, he was like, yeah, I don't know. It's like Ty's just not. She's just not there yet. And I was like, yeah. I mean, why am I at a pay per view event watching? You know, the graduating class from wrestling school. I don't. I, that's <laughs> not what I want to see. And this is a company that highlights Serena Deeb that had Thunder Rosa on the undercard. Like you do have really talented women who you could have great matches on your pay-per-view for your championship, but instead they're going after the secondary championship, which you need because, you know, 
obviously you have too many elite, wonderful women who are pay-per-view and TV ready already, and they can't just focus on the women's championship. They have to have a secondary title. Yeah. Yeah. The, the title that nobody was clamoring for. Um, Jimmy, I made the comment in the chat. Tanera Conti needs to wrestle like Ronda Rousey with her yeah. judo background. And instead she tries to wrestle like Dakota Kai. Doesn't <laughs> and that was the best call. Cause I laughed when you wrote that. And I'm like, actually, that's a good call. Cause she did. She, she, she did remind me of Dakota Kai. Once you said that, I could totally see it in saying that. I think the thing with Ty Conti, right. The only way she pulls off a great match is depending who her opponent is. And it all depends on their opponent. You know what I mean? Because I and think Britt's not Baker, that girl. She's not. She, and let's be real, man. Is Britt Baker really like ready, ready when you think about it? Britt is very much the same way. Britt can go out there and have a great match as long as she's in the ring with somebody that's better than she is to lead her there. Absolutely. And that's I mean, not a rip on Britt. That's no. just, I mean, she's come a long way in she three has. years too. You know, but she's if she's not in there with a Serena Deeb or her Karushita or a Thunder Rosa, you know, it can get kind of rough when she's the person leading the match. Or Tomaruno Ishii. (laughs) Jeez. Well, look, I'm watching (laughs) Tomohiro Ishii and Jay White right now. Oh, really? You're watching Tabaku (laughs) Ishii right now? (laughs) Man, Nagatomi Plaza Ishii. Well, anyway, in saying Happy all holidays, that, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, <laughs> why, why do they continue to push Ty Conti like she's some ex Olympian judo mega master wrestler? Jaga, you tell me since you followed her career a lot more than probably I have, is she really got a legit judo background and a good one at that? Yeah, well, she's got a black belt in judo. I is that legit, that. though? As is that Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, that's not it's judo. judo. It's judo. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's not jiu-jitsu. It's just straight-up judo, which is the same discipline that Rousey is trained Rousey, in. Right. Like, she should be out there wrestling like Ronda okay. Rousey, like copying then, that moveset, not the Kota Kai's. Then tell me hand, this, Jago. Watch this out awkward. On the other oh, hand, yeah. she has very small breasts. Oh, well. Oh, I'm an ass man, so that's all good. <laughs> and she's got an ass. But look, I'm an really, ass why man. She, Sorry, go that's it. Why and Conti so is 26 years old now. Oh, she's still a baby, really. I mean, she's got plenty of time. I mean, come on. All right, for a female. She's old enough. That's what I'm saying. She's old enough for a female because females expiry date. And I hate to say this, women listeners out there and. I'm not. I'm not. Most of them leave the pro wrestling industry about a decade before men. Yeah, it's true. That's it, just it, the it way is what it is. It is. It, it is uh, what it is. Three decades, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, Molly no. Holly is about old enough for a WWE return at this point, and it seems like she's been gone for you know twenty years. Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, she has made a few appearances here and there, but again, this but match she's still only place, like in her forties. That's the point. <laughs> She still looks good though. For yeah, she looks days. great. Absolutely. Sorry, Jeff. Why? Why are you shaking your head? Because I don't know what you've been looking at, but she's totally soccer mom down. Like she's definitely oh, like Charlotte yeah. Flair's sister. Like she's definitely uh-huh. like Conrad's wife. No, Stratus still looks good. 
Tori Wilson still looks good. Stacy Keebler still looks good. Gail Kim still looks good. Molly Holly looks like a mom. Hold on. And not, all of them does. would have been better in this match than Tane Conti. Just Quite saying. Possible. Listen, this match was fine. You guys hated it so much. I agree it was too long, but you can't have a five-minute match on a pay-per-view, so it should have been like 10 minutes. You're all everything that you're saying is right. She's not ready. Rid isn't good enough to carry a match, but she's good enough to be in the match, and she's a great personality. And her two hench people aren't all that great either, especially Ugh. Red White. I know everyone loves Jamie Hayter, but she ain't so good either. Um, but she hasn't she, had a chance to show really what she, how good she is on the stick. Well, well I went to the- full gear in, nine, in 2019, and it was Britt Baker against uh, um Jamie Hayter or whatever. Was oh no, it was her it was her partner, B Priestley, and that match yeah, was, was odious. Say. it was terrible. Um, and but uh, Jamie Hayter was big and fat big, you know, big woman like Sienna back then, and she was a badass. Now I know that she thinks she's all muscle and whatever, but it's, it's, it, 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 there's nothing there. There's, there's no so is Dana there. Brooke. That's right. 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 Um, but Dana Brooke at least is made of metal quality grade plastic. So that's all that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, I don't know. This, 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 I don't think this match is worth talking about that much. I mean, we knew Britt wasn't yeah. losing. She didn't lose. It was wasn't a great match. This was this is when you go and you wait for seven minutes for your hot dog and fries. The end. Great. The shortest match of the night. CM Punk defeats Eddie Kingston. That's a little yep. surprising to me that this was the shortest match of the night, but it was like the most intense 11 minutes of the pay-per-view. Like these two guys went out there and just beat the ever-loving piss out of one another. And I'm fine with that. Um, the It seemed like Punk, the last minute, minute and a half of the match, was acknowledging that everybody in that audience wanted Eddie Kingston to win the match. And they were not happy that CM Punk was about to defeat Eddie Kingston. That was very much the feeling that I got. Chris, what was the crowd response to this match? Because it seemed like it was about 50, 50 at the beginning of the match. And by the end of the match, it felt like it was about 95, five Eddie Kingston. Uh, I think that that, that might've just been like audio because it was basically a 50, 50 audience the entire way through, um, towards the end, you could tell that the crowd was starting to swell a little bit for Kingston. Um, actually it was kind of funny. Um, the crowd was chanting Eddie, Eddie, Eddie at one point, And then CM Punk did the three amigos. And then the crowd literally started chanting, not that Eddie. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So that was great. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) by the end of the match, though, um, people were happy to have seen CM Punk win, too. Like when when CM Punk got the pin, um, it's not like the crowd booed. Like everybody was still cheering for him to get the win, too. Um, I think that it was basically a 50-50 crowd. uh, And... Yeah, I, I think both of these guys deserved some love tonight. I think that they both worked really hard, too. Um, it was nice to see uh, CM Punk trying out something new in terms of his attire, going with the, the Muay Thai shorts. Uh, I don't know if that's going to stick or not, but um, I wish he would just go back to trunks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah agreed. Stay Jeff, away from combat shit. But anyway, sorry, Jugger. Jeff, what do you make of the end of this match? And by the end of this match, I don't mean the finish. I mean, see, like Eddie Kingston has finally earned CM Punk's respect inside of the ring. Punk goes and extends his hand and Eddie's like, 
uh-uh, you just kicked my ass. Fuck you. I'm out. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure going in exactly who was the face or who was the heel. I thought that Punk calling Kingston a bum sort of solidified that Punk was the heel. Uh, but then on the end there, in the end there, it looked like Kingston was the heel. Punk extended his hand and Kingston didn't shake it after losing fair and square. This this match, I thought this match was pretty good. I actually liked the beginning when he did the, the backhand. Uh, and I wish that he just got a quick three count and that was the end because the place would have gone nuts for all the wrong reasons. And, and I would have loved the, the chaos. Um, but I'm not surprised it went 11 minutes. Neither one of these guys is in, in shape for two different reasons. Um, and see, I think the reality of CM Punk doesn't match the memory of CM Punk, both because he's gotten older He's gotten beat up in some real matches. He has ring rust, but also the sport has caught up and surpassed him that the fans who loved him now, now expect, I mean, those six or seven point arm drags that Phoenix and Jungle Boy do, that's what everyone's expecting now. I mean, I think it's a waste of energy, but I mean, now you've got all these guys like Dante Martin, Leo Rush and Phoenix and Jungle, I mean, the extraordinary is ordinary now. And so CM Punk is just another guy. And now he's trying to be a brawler, but he's too small to be a brawler. And Kingston's supposed to be a brawler, but he's fat in the wrong places and thin in the wrong places. And, you know, so it was weird. But I know that the, both these guys have the, the, the underground rep and the hardcore backgrounds. And it was fine. It was cool. They, they manufactured a story last minute. It worked. These guys are both kings of psychology and kings of promo, but I'm, I'm, I still don't know who the face and the heel is. And the only thing I think is that they're not sure when Moxley's coming back. And I think that they're going to do a, well, I guess I'm still in WWE mind, but this feels like it's going to be a, a mashup tag team kind of thing where Kingston and Punk have to coexist against whoever, whatever the evildoers are that are next, probably men of the year or, or team has some, you know, by the way, what was that whole bidding war with Dante Martin? A, he's got a brother. B, he's managed by Leo Rush. <laughs> what the fuck is Team Taz doing in the acclaimed? What, what are they recruiting for? They're attacking. I don't understand some things that are. I just don't understand some things that happen here. Like like AEW is much better than it is just by just by not doing things. They needed a reason to have Dante Martin on the card because he's yep. from Minneapolis. That's it. That's it. That was that was but, the um, thing. Yep, Jimmy T. What do we do with Eddie Kingston now? Because Eddie has lost another big match. Moxley's not there to be his drinking buddy at the bar and kind of kind of keep him in line. Like, what's going to happen with Eddie Kingston? Is he just going to lose his freaking mind and just start beating people up backstage? Like, what, what what do we do with Eddie Kingston now? Well, maybe like what Jeff said, maybe we get a rock and sock connection part two, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what do you do with Eddie Man. Kingston? You know what I'm saying? Like, like maybe I mean, I get... feel like there's so many better things that we could do with CM Punk at this point than put him in a tag right. with Eddie Kingston. Look, you know what I'll do? I'll continue this feud and actually build it even longer. We wanted to see a program with Punk. Well, here it is. Give us something worth being invested in. You know what I mean? I think that would be, it would be great to have another match between these two, but let Kingston get He's come up and done a punk. It would be shocking, right? Imagine right. people wouldn't expect it. Everybody would be like, holy shit, you know, he beat punk. Punk can start questioning himself. Am I too old for this? Has 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 the game got moved past me? Can I still do it? Because man, him just beating all these bums pretty much. But that was his story. 
He already did right. that. That was his. That was his reason for Darby. That was his reason for Matt right. But but man, but he's been gassed every match. How gassed does he look? Honestly, after every match, he looks beat up, man. He really does. And him wearing Muay Thai style shorts. Stay away from him, Punk. You can't fight for shit. Please don't remind us. So, Chris, did you have an entirely different discipline? Do you have something else that you wanted to say about this match, Chris? Yeah. So, um, I actually think that him looking gassed is part of the is part of the play. And uh, there's there's at least a part of me that wonders because um, he's wearing pink with a lot of his things, and I know that that's that may be subtle, and it may just be me looking too much into it. I have a, a, a I have a little bit of a feeling that the story they're telling is that CM Punk is being used in AEW the way Bret Hart was used by WCW. I feel like that might be a story moving forward where he comes out and he's getting a little more disgruntled and a little more disgruntled and eventually comes out and says something to the effect of, Jesus fucking Christ, TK, you brought me in here. I was the biggest thing in the world and you're fucking wasting me. All I'm doing is coming in. You want me to come out here and you want me to glad hand and you want me to tell everybody how fucking happy I am to be here. You're not, you're just keep giving me matches and matches and matches against these undercard guys, you know, and this could be the punk heel turn, right? And I don't want to fucking do this anymore. I'm a superstar. I deserve to be used properly and I want my shot at the title. Now, one of the reasons why I was thinking that was after the match was done and it was clear that they were showing some video package, Punk was still in the ring and he was doing that thing where he, where, you know, he does the thing like, like, Oh, I want the belt. I want the belt. He was doing that to the crowd and the crowd was giving him some love. Like, yeah, like we want to see you there. We want you to have that. We want you in the main event type thing. So that's at least an interesting angle that I think that they could do. And I mean, they just they need to do something. They got they they gotta stop doing this where it's just, hey, I'm having a match and I'm happy to be here. And hey everybody, I'm still happy to be here. And hey, guess what? I'm happy to be here. He did address it actually in an interview about how he, he's self-aware that the fans aren't happy with with what he's doing. And he did address it, funny enough. But he did also He needs say, to address it on TV though. Well, yeah, absolutely. And what 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 Chris said sounds great. But the problem is it's AEW. You know what happens when you talk logic, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to get my hopes up and hope for something like this. Although what you said does make sense and does point to that direction. So hopefully we'll see. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, no, it's fine. The, the, it's really not my turn. But actually with Chris's story, the, the funny thing was if he went in the room to give that speech to Tony Khan, there could be – 12 other guys giving the same speech. You, the Christian Cage could be there. The men of the year could be there. Adam Cole could be there. Daniel Bryanson could be there. I mean, they could all be giving the same, the, the exact same speech word for word. They're just too many people. But my, my, that wasn't my point. My point was that you have the Lucha Brothers as face champions. You have Sammy Guevara face champion. You have Hangman Ch- Page as face champion. So all of your men's champions are all faces. All faces. And Britt well. Baker might as well be. Yeah, but I'm not. Proud I, reaction. I, to me, women's wrestling is just it's obligatory. I mean, but it's and and the women's oh, roster is not blowing. Um, no, this is really about men, the, the men, though. like all faces won tonight, like heels won nothing except for MJF. So, aside from MJF, all of your top faces are champions, and all of your other people who won 
are faces. So who's going to go on to face your face champions when it's when everybody who's won major match, like all the heels have lost major matches. There's no, there's nobody, there's nobody for them. And if they didn't win, lose tonight, they've lost other nights. Like the acclaim lost a title match on TV. Hardy family office is a joke and, and you know, loses every, anyway, they're, they're going to be fighting with Tomohiro Ishii and Orange Cassidy or whatever. And, uh, Kaya, everyone except Okada will be fighting the, the <laughs> Hardy family office from, from now on. Um, Jay Lethal is that is, is, is that our top heel coming in? He doesn't feel he's like he's a great heel. He's very underrated as a heel. He's, he's not a top. He's not a top heel on a he major. Can be. He's, he's, not a top, he's not a top anything. I think he's a lot better than you, you give him credit for, boys. I'm telling what are you, you man. About? I've, I've been watching him for 27 yeah, years. You, all right, Jeff, that's true. Yeah, but he's I the like the 38 year old you'll ever see. I don't mind his heel run in Ring of Honor, man. I don't know. That's just me, it's though. It's fine. He's fine. It was great in Ring of Honor. Well, I, yeah, I like him versus Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. Yeah. I feel like that is kind of his ceiling inside of AEW right now. That's a shame, too, man, because a lot of people, you know, were pitting him to be the next big thing in the big companies, you know. It didn't well, happen, but... Yeah, the same people who gave us Big E and Hangman Page as champions now. Yep. They're all wrong. Huh. Speaking of champions, um, Jeff, you, you misspoke. Uh, Wednesday on Dynamite, it's going to be Orange Cassidy and the new IWGP Never Openweight Champion, Tomohiro Ishii. As I barely champion. understand any of those words, but sounds cool. So, in fact, it is Mini No, it's not Rundi. cool. He just beat Jay fucking White. What the fuck, Jimmy? What are we doing? Why in the fuck... Would you have Ishii beat Jay White for the never open weight title? Why <laughs> in saw the you, fuck would you do that? I saw you shaking your head and I wanted to jump in and say, why are you shaking your head? Tell me what just happened, right? Bye-bye, Jay White. Switch so played They're not out. putting the a champion Jay White on AEW television, but they will put a champion mini King Kong Bundy on, on AEW television. Maybe. Jeez. Yeah, but what are they going to really fucking do with them? Like now, Mox is away. They they don't have the 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 Japanese dude killer anymore. Well, no, they're what, going what we're to be Matt Hardy's nobodies, gang of nobodies every week. What what we're building to, as far as the Moxley title goes, doesn't require Moxley at this point because your new IWGP United States Champion is Kenta, and Kenta wants to fight CM Punk. And I'm all for that, oh, considering yeah. CM Punk stole Kenta's move set like 20 freaking years ago. Well, as oh, we got we got one more match to go through here, guys, and I don't have anything good to say about this. The inner circle, the team of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz, who both look like Vampiro for one reason or another, take on American top team, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, Dan Lambert, and the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I don't like anything about this. I don't like the inner circle getting the win. I thought that the men of the year should have absolutely gotten the win since they're probably the next challengers for the AEW tag team championships as well. They should be. Um, I, I didn't like anything about this. Like you said, there were more tag rules enforced in this Minneapolis street fight than there was in the AEW tag team match earlier on in the show. I, I, and then to save it for the semi-main event, 
it was so late in the show for a 10 man clusterfuck tag right before hangman adam page and kenny omega i jeff i didn't like anything about this yeah you're not going to get much different from me i I mean i think that one of the things that aw has borrowed from wwe that they don't have to is this need to have this ridiculous hour-long pre-show where the first hour half hour is just a recap of the commercial for the pre-show and then the pre-show is half the recap of the commercial and then one crappy ass match Uh, i think they can reinvent the entire thing uh without this recap stuff and give me more of my money's worth that match would have benefited from being a cinematic match and the ending should have been i don't mind that that the the faces won because a i rarely like crossover with real athletes because it only makes the wrestlers look bad and since the 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 game is wrestling i don't like that as a wrestling fan i want to believe that my wrestling fans should at least my wrestling heroes should at least win in wrestling um the other thing is that they they could have really exploited uh, or not you know they could they could have used the strengths of the MMA fighters without showing that they couldn't wrestle. You didn't need Santana tapping him to tell him to move forward and then tapping him again and say okay it's time to. I mean it was just it was too call signally. Um, but you also should have had the ending. Listen, I, I I get it. Eddie's death and Chris was his best friend and all this, but this should have ended with Dan Lambert going through two tables and Sammy Guevara getting the win and getting and saying, you didn't kick out at two and a half because Dan Lambert says, everybody goes through two tables from the second level and then you kick <laughs> out at two and a half. Sammy Guevara should have said, you forgot to kick out at two and a half. That should have been the end. The end, El Finn. Chef's kiss, perfect. You got a happy crowd. That that's you do pre-show for ten minutes. The matches for thirty-five minutes. Then you get your stupid mini pre-show again. You could even have the the the, the silly ladies match if you insist on having it, which was a mistake. That that shouldn't even been on dark. But you could have not talking long. about that. You could have had a <laughs> match there, and then and then your commercial uh, then go into the show. But uh, yeah, I I agree. This this was not a great match. It wasn't a great showing, but. This feud is over, and I, I admit I enjoy Dan Lambert. I'll miss him, but it's 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 run its course. I mean, I don't like to see me get beat up. Chris, my problem here was with the inner circle getting the win. I, I agree with everything that Jeff said, but <laughs> the men of the year needed the win here. Like, the inner circle gets nothing from the win. The, the UFC guys, whatever, you can go away lambert i don't really care one way or another but if the men of the year would have gotten the win here at least they could keep their heat like i feel like this kind of puts out the heat on scorpio sky and ethan page and they're the guys who could have really used it yeah i think i think probably the right booking is scorpio sky pins chris jericho again um and you just keep that story moving forward uh the i honestly like other than the table spot, um, you know, off the off the ladder from Sammy, the highlight of this entire match for me was um, when Lambert started trying to put Chris Jericho in the walls. Mm-hmm. The guy next to me yelled at the top of his lungs, "Put him in the gunt of Jericho." What? Other than, other than that, I had I nothing it. good to say about this fucking match. It was a clusterfuck. <laughs> I think my favorite part of this match was when I realized that um sammy guevara is really just the latino version of flip gordon 
Jimmy, what did oh, you say? Oh, my God. When you said that That's again. not fair. Sammy Guevara has a brain. Oh, <laughs> come on. Flip ain't that bad. I mean, Flip, that's a good that's a good. Flip is running head-to-head with Brian Pillman as the stupidest man in wrestling. But but since Flip cut off the beard and trimmed his hair back, and now he's got the flip, flip, flip music again, like the whole mercenary Flip Gordon thing is gone, and it's he's just generic Flip Gordon again. I was like, oh, it Sammy Guevara and Flip Gordon, they're pretty much the same person. So, <laughs> so Flip is back as his original Flip. Yep. Anyway. I can see the comparison, right? I, I see the comparison. You make a good point about Sammy Guevara being the Mexican Flip Gordon. I don't think he's Mexican, actually. No, no, I think he's just Latino. I, yeah, I said Latino. I didn't say Mexican. Oh, I think you said Mexican. So, but yeah, anyway, I might like I was saying, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, you did say it in the chat, actually, Jago. You did. He doesn't even speak Spanish. Yeah, he doesn't. No, Sammy Guevara, that's the joke. No, he it's speak hilarious. The word Spanish. Well, he should be ashamed of himself, all right? But Why? anyway. Do you speak a, Greek? I, I, I speak fluent Greek, actually, Jeff. Well, how are me embarrassed? Well, well, yeah. That's racist. Just kidding. That is racist. But anyway, back to Guevara and Flip Gordon. At least Guevara does have a little more brains. That's true. Like Jeff said, he can talk a bit better. And the thing is, there's probably way more of an upside to Sammy Guevara than there is a Flip Gordon, obviously, right? Even though I thought Flip did have a chance. Obviously not anymore. No one seems to want him either. So I don't know what happens to Flip. But this match was crap, man. For me, this match was the crappiest match of the night. I Apparently Minnesotans fight the way they do in street fights. They wait their turn, like we were saying in the chat. I mean, what the hell was this? A street fight or a, a pillow fight? Well, you know, it was a street fight once the hockey sticks got involved. Oh, that's right. And a that's water right. ski. They're in Minnesota. They couldn't get a, ra- a snow ski. Like, I, I feel like that somehow that's xenophobic or racist like against <laughs> Minnesotans. Well, it is 10,000 lakes. It is the land of 10,000 lakes. So, I mean, maybe it was a play on that. But I would think a snow ski would be more like Minnesota. But can I ask you guys, what the hell are they doing with uh, LAX? Are we ever going to get them winning the titles, or is this just never? And neither are men of the year. Gotta wait your turn, man. Gotta wait. So even men of the year. See, and even with men of the year, where do you go from here? I mean, what what happens now? They should break them up and put them in different tag teams. (laughs) Honestly, honestly. they, they they both came in as former tag team people. Uh, they were they were going to get singles pushes. And then they they put them in a dark room saying, make us stars, make us stars. And then they put them together as another tag team. And as it a tag does. team, I think I think they've won exactly one match. He's and, not wrong in many ways, Jug. I mean, seriously. As far as LAX goes, I, I have a good source that says they're going to start a Kiss tribute band. They're just looking for the two other guys. <laughs> Shit. So that's going to wrap things up for your full gear review. Thanks for listening and or watching. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button on whatever platform that you may not be listening to. And then head over to atmarkmedia.com. You can find Jimmy and I over there for the blow off, as well as Jeff Lippman with you know, the hammerlock hangover, as well as the garden of doom. Chris Ams, he shows up every twice in a while, but of course you can find him here at the Hami and media group. Chris, why don't you go ahead, put over your Twitter, tell people how to keep up with you. 
Yeah, it's uh, at Chris Ams one, the number one. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, and um, yeah, go ahead and give me a follow, and you'll hear more wonderful things about uh, cowboy duty. Jimmy T, the GAG from the PWC, tell people what you got going on over the Pro Wrestling Coalition. Well, we just released a skirmish, which was a doozy of an episode. Pretty funny, actually. I, I think Chris was on Great fire. Time. Yeah, Chris was on fire in that show. He's been on fire every week lately in every show. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, we're doing all sorts of things. Hopefully, uh, we can do even more. But in saying that, man, just come and like and subscribe at the PWC Network and obviously you can find me over here on Humming Media and at appmarkmedia.com. Jeff Lippman, the Hammerlock Hangover, the Garden of Doom, both of them available over at appmarkmedia.com. Tell people what you got going on, what you got coming up over the course of the next couple of weeks. Oh, you've, you've done a pretty good job. Hammerlock Hangover is a wrestling podcast with uh, Big Daddy Cool Stephen Pena as my co-host. Um, Garden of Doom is not a wrestling podcast at all, although PJ Black was a guest once, but we talked about uh, the origin tribes of the Dogon and the Zulu and the Anunnaki in Africa. So, uh, <laughs> and things like that. So shout out uh, to that, the Darewolf. Yep. The shout out to the Darewolf. He's a good man. Um, and, uh, this is UFO month. So, uh, we've had two UFOlogists on so far and two more to go. Um, my Twitter, if you want to see me occasionally try to start trouble on purpose, but usually <laughs> fall into trouble accidentally. Um, it's at Icarus fell. MD, uh, Icarus spelt the way it's supposed to be, not the way Icarus in the Eternal spells it. Uh, MD is for Maryland, not not a medical doctor. Uh, <laughs> or Hammerlock H O, capital H O. Um, yeah, and both both shows have Facebook pages, and you're welcome to comment there as well. Of course, you can keep up with me across social media platforms at NotJargo, MichaelJargo.com, DestinoPod.com, and of course at MarkMedia.com, and right here at the HMG. Jimmy T, you had a finger up. You're either checking the wind or you got something you wanted to say. I was going to say, which I forgot to say before that, look out for for L, uh PWC or uh, Full Gear Review show coming up shortly. So. Even we though just Michael did Davis- the full gear review, Jimmy T. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ, we man. We did. What, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, it, can this go up on the, on the PWC network? I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure. I don't know. You'll, you'll have to talk to the Ayatollah himself. See, you know? and, and, I, and I've got a funny feeling he's very uh, protective. You know what I'm saying? So he's saying well, that. he should you know be. As, as well, he should do, be. Do, so, do a review show and say the exact opposite on that show. <laughs> that'd be pretty funny well, yeah. Ty Conti's wonderful she's just the <laughs> yeah. woman's the, the woman of the year she's fantastic they tore, they tore the house down <laughs> we'll be well, back Michael- in your ear holes soon ladies and gentlemen for now we're off like a prom dress see ya peace stay